This episode is supported by our lead sponsor, Riley Sway Foundation. Through community-focused programs, Riley Sway empowers young leaders to create positive change through kindness and empathy. From connecting student leaders to awarding grants for projects that amplify kindness in local communities, Riley Sway Foundation equips the next generation of leaders with the tools they need to make a positive impact in the world. Please stay tuned for Kindness Calling, our postscript segment featuring the remarkable teens from Riley Sway Foundation. Support for this episode comes from Paromi T. When you're trying to change the world with kindness, one thing you shouldn't forget to do is take care of yourself. And while you're at it, we suggest having a cup of exquisitely blended tea from Paromi. Paromi is an endless pursuit of providing the purest, most aromatic, and inspirational tea experience on the planet. Non-GMO project verified, organic, and fair trade certified. Paromi's tea leaves are handpicked, and their blends are created in precise small batches. Head on over to paromi.com. That's P-A-R-O-M-I, and get 25% off your first order. Just enter Sincerely Human at checkout. Promo ends on March 3rd. Just a quick warning, this episode touches on issues like depression, self-harm, and suicide. There is also a swear word right at the beginning, so listener discretion is advised. The night I met Renee, after I met her, she took a razor blade to her left forearm and she actually used that blade to write the word fuck up across her arm. And I thought about that and the idea that that was really about identity, that that must have been what she believed to be true about her life and I think represented how stuck she felt and how sad and how much regret she lived with and maybe the feeling of failure. And so I wanted to believe that she deserved better and that that word or that identity could be replaced over time. And so it was the idea of replacing that with love and the belief that she deserved love. Over the course of 50 plus episodes on the podcast, we've talked about kindness through different lenses from people that come from all walks of life. Some of our episodes are a little bit more upbeat than others. You might find the story you're about to hear more somber than usual. In this episode, we're looking at how kindness can heal those who are hurting. For a myriad of reasons and to some degree, we all experience pain, grief, and loneliness. But the thing is, it doesn't have to be that way. In some cases, people come into our lives to take us on a different journey, one that's filled with more hope and meaning. This is the story of Jamie Tarkowski, founder of To Write Love on Her Arms. This is Camille. And this is Maverick. And this is Sincerely Human, a podcast that tells stories of kindness in action from the lens of today's most inspiring humans. Mm 
So I grew up in Melbourne Beach, Florida, which is in Central Florida on the East Coast, and I actually still live here today. I've bounced around a little bit. I've lived in New York City, lived in Los Angeles, traveled a bunch, but uh, still live here for now. Jamie is the son of a surfer. My parents owned a surf shop when I was born and ended up working in the surf industry from when I was 18 until 26. And that was really a dream come true to be a sales rep for at first Quicksilver and then Hurley. So two different clothing brands in the surf world. That was all I wanted to do as a kid was uh, work in the surf industry. But in February of 2006, Jamie's life took a 180 when he met Renee Yowie. We were introduced through a mutual friend who I was renting a room from. This friend was David McKenna. David invited me and another friend to meet Renee one night. David was in recovery and she began to reach out to him. Her life was really was really dark, was really difficult at the time. And I think she was on the fence about being willing to get help, not for the first time, but maybe for the first time in a while. They met up to encourage Renee to seek professional help for substance abuse and depression. Renee was 19 years old. And she was actually denied entry into a local treatment center in Orlando because they were not able to offer detox and also because she had a self-inflicted wound on her arm and she had a history of self-injury. So she spent the next five days living at David's house, living with us, and we stayed up late five nights in a row getting to know her, getting to know her story. And I was really moved by the whole thing and asked what she thought about the possibility of me sharing that story. Jamie was not a writer. He didn't have a blog. He didn't have any experience in media or anything of that sort. I just felt moved and I think wanted to try to capture that and wondered if maybe other people could be encouraged and shared the story as a blog on MySpace, created a special MySpace page for this story that I had just written. For those of you who don't know, MySpace was a social networking site that was really popular over a decade ago. Apart from sharing Renee's story, Jamie also sold t-shirts to help Renee cover the costs of treatment. We started to hear from people in other states and within a couple weeks, other countries, and really got to see the best of social media, the best of the internet, the best of people being excited when they believe in something. Jamie and his friends started hearing from strangers who wanted to be free from addiction or self-injury, or who had seen people lose to these struggles. The messages Jamie started receiving were not only cries for help, but were also messages from people who wanted to bring hope into their communities. There was definitely the feeling quickly that something bigger was happening, that maybe this was the chance to do more than just help my friend, but this could really grow and become something special. Jamie's relationship with Renee was captured in a riveting blog post almost 14 years ago. And so much has happened since then. But more of this after the break. Support for this episode comes from Perumi Tea. So guys, here's a confession. I'm sort of a coffee addict and I don't drink tea a lot. Mm -hmm, I can attest to that. Yeah, but the wonderful people at Paromi sent us some of their tea to try. And seriously, I have not liked tea as much as I have in the past few weeks. Um, First of all, they have gorgeous packaging. So the great experience starts there. 
but also they have a range of flavors that got me so excited, like cinnamon chai mm. or coconut almond, and my personal, personal favorite, bourbon vanilla. Oh yeah, I love that. I mean, their tea smells amazing, but also they're really flavorful. That aroma is actually what gets me. In fact, whenever you make a cup, it always makes me want to make a cup because the aroma is so enticing. Aromi teas are a great companion to your day, whether you're getting started in the morning or winding down at night. Aromi is committed to sourcing full leaves and botanicals that are rich in natural oils and health benefits. Head on over to paromi.com. That's P-A-R-O-M-I.com. Or click the link in our show notes. You can get 25% off your first order. Just enter Sincerely Human at checkout. That's Sincerely, H-U-E-M-A-N at checkout. Promo ends on March 3rd. In 2007, To Write Love on Her Arms officially became a nonprofit organization. I think it took us a while to realize that the biggest thing we do is communicate. We've learned that two out of three people struggle with depression. So while we do fund treatment, we fund professional help, we've learned there's more to it if the majority of people are not even getting that professional help. So we learned that there was more to this than just fundraising and just, you know, helping people pay to go to counseling or to get treatment. So there's a huge element of just communicating individually, but also online through blogs, through social media, through events, you know, face-to-face on the road across the country and at times beyond the U.S., whether it's events that we create or just get to participate in, speaking events on college campuses, conferences, high schools, sometimes churches, a lot of things in the realm of music, whether it's festivals or tours or concerts, benefit shows. I think the shortest version is we just love to go where people go. We love to meet people where they are, whether that's Twitter or Instagram or a college campus or a popular music tour or festival. We just love the opportunities, whether it's online or offline, to invite people into this conversation. Since sharing Renee's story, they've responded to over 200,000 messages from all around the world. They've also created a find help tool on their website. The tool helps people locate free or reduced cost counseling and other mental health resources in their community. The organization's impact on those who've been struggling with depression, addiction, self-injury, and suicide has been profound. I'm definitely someone who struggles with depression. So I've become someone who doesn't just offer this advice or these good ideas, but I've become someone who needs to take that advice and really needs to live out our mission, not simply for the sake of being a good example, but because it allows me to be healthy and hopefully to be happy. And so all these things, even these simple ideas that people need other people, that we're meant to be in relationships, that we want to encourage people to go to counseling, that it's okay to take medication, those are all steps I've been able to take in my own life. And I think I experienced the hesitation or the stigma around each of those steps. I got comfortable standing on a stage talking about those things. And it's not that I was faking it, but it's definitely another thing to live that out and to take that advice. And so over time, I'm really thankful that I get to be a part of this conversation because it's really one that I need. There are nights where I'm on a stage speaking and Sort of the subplot is I'm aware that I need to hear what I'm talking about as someone who struggles, as someone who 
needs connection and wants to be honest and needs to know I'm not alone when I struggle. Over the years, Jamie went on two sabbaticals, and in each of them, he had an opportunity to wrestle with big life questions and also prioritize his own mental health. So one of those looked like going away for a week of therapy and intensive in Tennessee. Another one looked like being in counseling a couple days a week here in Florida. But I get to be a part of a team that really tries to live this stuff out and really tries to care not only for our audience or supporters, but really tries to care for each other and, you know, for the folks on our team, our staff, our interns, former interns. And so that's become something I'm really grateful for, just to be around people who don't simply want to do this work, but I think want to live it out and really want to care for one another. Jamie has learned how to be kinder to himself. And he's also come to know the importance of acknowledging one another. How making people feel seen is a profound act of kindness. It can sound so simple, but we never know what can save someone's life. We never know what could change someone's day. I think so many people feel alone. So many people feel invisible. And so when we, in one way or another, see someone and help someone feel seen, help someone feel known, obviously so much of that can and should happen in relationships, maybe starting with our friends and family, but we never even know what a smile or a question could mean to another stranger, you know, just because we don't often know what someone is going through or the extent of their struggle. As we rush from one place to the next, there are moments in between when we can touch a person's life and potentially change the course of their day. There was something I heard years ago. I met a a woman who lost her brother to suicide and he jumped off one of the bridges in New York City. And I remember she shared the simple question of wondering if if someone had smiled at her brother as he made his way to that bridge and really took his final steps, if someone would have smiled at her brother or maybe asked him how he was doing, if that could have changed his day and in turn maybe changed his life, kept him alive, changed things for their family. And, and I thought that was just such a powerful idea or possibility that that was something she thought about. And I think that really stayed with me, the idea that our kindness can be so incredibly powerful. In case you're wondering, Renee and Jamie are still friends to this day. I think she'd be the first to say that life hasn't been a fairy tale. It's not 13 plus years of sobriety. There have been hard moments, hard seasons, relapses. I do think it's accurate to say she's doing well, that she's sober, that she's prioritizing her recovery. Probably the most exciting news is that she's a new mom. So she has a little boy who's a few months old. I actually saw her a few weeks ago and got to spend some time with her and her little guy. So she's doing really well. Before we wrap this up, I thought I'd share an excerpt from Jamie's original blog post the story that changed his life and so many others. We are only asked to love, to offer hope to the many hopeless. We don't get to choose all the endings, but we are asked to play the rescuers. We won't solve all mysteries, and our hearts will certainly break in such a vulnerable life, but it is the best way. We were made to be lovers, bold in broken places, pouring ourselves out again and again until we're called home. If you want to learn more about Jamie's work and to write love on her arms, you can visit their website, tualoha.com. That's T W 
L-O-H-A.com. If you're listening right now and are struggling with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, or anything of this sort, support is out there. And we've put a few ways you can get it in our show notes. Up next is another installment of Kindness Calling, where we talk about two young women working on projects that touch on immigration and incarceration. Today's episode of Kindness Calling features Gia Gambino and Damaris Cortorial, high school students in New York City. They're also council members at Riley Sway Foundation. Riley Sway Councils connect public and private high schools to inspire teens to lead with empathy and kindness and create programs that drive positive change in their communities. So on our branch of the council, we're doing an immigration project, which we actually started last year and we're continuing it this year. That's Gia. In 2018, Gia's group held an event where students would write letters to kids that were in detention centers in Florida. And we all sat down writing letters and learning more about the topics, signing petitions, which was a really wonderful time for us to start making an impact because it has been really hard and it's a sensitive topic, immigration. So we've really been trying to figure out the best ways in which we can make an impact by also keeping our values in mind and being sensitive of privacy of other people because we really do want to start working to break misconceptions. And some of the ideas we've come up with involve interviewing immigrants. And we really have been trying to figure out the best way that we can share the stories while maintaining a level of privacy for those people. Stories. These are also at the core of Damaris's work. We've been working on incarceration since ninth grade, and we've been working with a specific group called Talk To Me, which is a group of women who have been impacted by incarceration, whether they've been incarcerated themselves or they had a loved one who's been incarcerated. And that was really touching to me because I didn't know anyone who's been impacted by incarceration, and I didn't really think about people who have been impacted by incarceration. Tamara shares that this project has opened her eyes to some of the injustices going on in the world. The first year, we held a dinner with just the women so that we could hear their stories. And that was one of the most impactful dinners I've ever had. They really told us about the struggles. Their children, like, not being able to see their parents every day or having to come home to no one because the mom is always busy working two jobs because their dad's in jail. And that was really sad to me. Like, I have two parents at home every day, and I feel like I don't take advantage of that enough. Our second year, we continued that project, but this time our dinner consisted with the children and being able to talk to them. Damaris is also helping organize a Speakers Bureau, which is a panel of individuals impacted by incarceration. There's no doubt that Damaris's dedication comes from a place of empathy and kindness, whether it's actively listening to the people she meets or finding platforms for formerly incarcerated individuals to share their stories. I believe kindness and empathy is the foundation to humanity. There isn't really leadership without kind leadership. So in order to be kind and be a leader, you need those values. You need to be a person on the humanistic level. You can't be human without being kind, I feel. Like that's the one thing that connects us all. And so I feel like kindness and empathy are really important to who we are. These teens are doing incredibly challenging work. And oftentimes, they too need the inspiration to keep going. 
This year, we had our first Riley's Way retreat, and we brought together a bunch of kids from all across the United States. And sometimes I felt like, is this really making a difference? And when you come to this retreat and see all these kids, all these youth from all around the country that haven't been working directly with Riley's Way, but come together under these values and adapting to those values, it showed me how much this is touching kids that we don't even see every day. Being around other kindness leaders has empowered Gia and Damaris to keep pursuing their projects. It's also inspired them to do simple acts of kindness and do them more often. When I first joined the council, kindness was more of an abstract idea to me. I didn't really have an exact definition of what kindness was until I figured it out for myself through the work that we've done so far. I know being a teenager and thinking about kindness kind of sounds like a ridiculous idea, but it's something that we don't realize we have and it's something that we need to implement more often. I know that kindness is always there. Like all you have to do is take a hold of it and make sure that you implement it in your everyday life. That's it for Kindness Calling. Thanks again to our podcast sponsor, Riley Sway Foundation. In honor of Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Riley Sway Foundation opened its national initiative, The Call for Kindness. Teens from all around the country can submit their projects and ideas that are designed to drive change and inspire kindness in their communities. Winners will be given up to $3,000 each to help implement their projects with their school or nonprofit partners. To learn more about the Call for Kindness and other life-changing programs at Riley's Way Foundation, please head on over to rileysway.org. Again, all the links are in our show notes. That's all for today, guys. Catch you all again next week. And remember, be good to one another.